Mm-hmm. It's amazing mm-hmm. what you can do when you allow us again to process. I'm not saying not to process any kind of loss or hardship that you have, but what can you do from the new lessons that you've learned to make sure that a new approach, a new birth, new life can go into what you're going to do next. From somewhere around the world, welcome to the Black Women Travel Podcast. Hi, my name is Wanda Duncan, and I'm so glad you're joining me as we explore the paths of Black women who've made travel a large part of their lives. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much for joining us today. Can you please tell us your name, where you're from, your current location, and the name of your business? Hi, everyone. My name is Christina Larber, currently in Boston, Massachusetts, and I am functioning out there in Boston, Massachusetts. I am the founder and CEO of Viager, which is the AI travel planner for the designated planner. I'm also an IP attorney, and I work very closely with content creators and those who need to protect their content. And I'm also the founder of the Black Startup Collective, which is a community and directory for Black founders to collaborate with each other and also to enable investors, customers, and the like who want to support Black business. So tell us about your travel journey. Like, when did you fall in love with travel? Oh, man, that is difficult to say because travel has been really instilled in me from a very young age. And I think, you know, um, even as, as, as a young mother, I'm, my, my daughter is just turning to, you know, it's one of the things where I think my own mother had already decided that from very early on, she was going to instill in me a love of exploring and stepping out on my own because she did the same as well herself. Um, she was an immigrant from Haiti. And one of the things that she did, she came over when she was like 16 or 17 years old. And um, she really took the opportunity to step out of her comfort zone. And, you know, it, it's interesting as she tells the story because it's actually one of my favorite stories that, that she tells um, about how she decided um, to spend six months in Europe. After spending a very short amount of time in the U.S., she was doing it as a, like a foreign exchange program. And she, you know, went all over the, uh, the, the European continent, visiting different things and learning from that, learning from her story made me realize that I love the ability just explore my, my surroundings. And sometimes, um, you know, I've, I've come to learn that it kind of, it always goes beyond just simply jumping on a plane. It also could mean just stepping out of your comfort zone in different areas that you are. Um, so I would say very early on, love for travel probably has been from the room, from the womb, <laughs> because my mom would travel with me, um, 
and she would she would have no problem jumping in the car to go on a road trip or jumping on a plane to go visit friends and family. And what about your dad? It seems like you have a very close relationship with him. I do. I have a very close relationship with my dad. My dad is a is a warrior. Um, he is a fighter, which I think that's where I got a lot of my entrepreneur spirit from. Um, even though it's in the very beginning, I remember when really young, he would, you know, tell me stories about his clients and things of that nature. And I'd say, no, dad, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to work. And really, it really took root more than I actually realized because I have many ideas and I want to see them come to fruition. Um, so my dad definitely is uh, a person who has instilled in me a very strong work ethic. Um, even though sometimes I get on him about, you know, taking a break from now and then, but he, um, he definitely has put a lot of work, passion, and driving to make sure that whatever I'm working on or I'm uh, pursuing, I do it wholeheartedly. Um, and also, too, my dad's also, um, he may not admit it, but he definitely loves to travel as well, too, because he has no problem jumping on a plane with my mom or going to some far-flying uh, location or whatnot. So what was it like for you coming up and being that first generation? A lot of times, like, people have this kind of weird experience having somebody come from another country, but you live in this new country where the customs and the habits and, like, everything is different. Was that difficult for you? Um, I wouldn't say difficult because... You know, it's as when I was younger, I'll definitely say it was a balancing act because at home there's a culture and there's there's a very set way of doing things. And then when I would step out of the house, it would be something completely different. So it it became as I got older a balancing act to determine it's okay. Um, you know, I coming from a household that is very deep rooted because both my both my parents are from Haiti. So, you know, to have a deep rooted culture in the home, um, and merging that together with the American societal values. And sometimes there were clashes and they didn't mesh well. Um and I think for all first gen kids, we all have um, I think we all have gained the skill to be very fluid. And I think we were able to adapt really quickly. Um, and that can be from, you know, breaking into different languages immediately, like, you know, from speaking English in a few sentences and then breaking out into Haitian Creole and, and another in, in like the next few sentences or being able to um, go into different circles and, you know, it's almost like, almost like, a, like a chameleon. Like you're still you, but you're still able to wear different colors and still be able to match really well with the world around you. So difficult, um, maybe at times. If, if, if I'm being like really like totally transparent, which I want to be, um, it, it, it can be definitely difficult, especially when you are looking at it from one way and 
your family's culture and looking at it from a different way. But again, it's about navigating um, and just trying to find some common ground to kind of try to please everybody. But you can't please everyone at the same time. So again, it's a balancing act. You think that like being able to go between scenes like that has served you in your entrepreneurship endeavors, like with your travel startup and the Black Startup Collective? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Adaptability is key in any kind of entrepreneurship. Um, You have to be able to roll with the punches. You have to be able to uh, pick yourself back up when things don't go the way that they're supposed to. For instance, both the Viager. Uh, Viager is AI-powered. So it's an AI-powered travel concierge. And to create an artificial intelligence engine from scratch, it, it takes work. Um, especially if you're um, creating a mobile application to really enable people to interact with it. Um, so it's taken me some time to get it off of the ground and um, being able to at least continue to work within the circles and adapting to the current situation, whether it be for my team or we're having uh, difficulty with deployment, it's just, you got to just roll with it, you know, and even with travel too, um, you have to be able to adapt wherever you are. And I think sometimes, you know, Americans sometimes get a really bad rap of just not rolling with the punches and expecting everyone to do it their way. Um, and don't get me wrong, there definitely are some Americans who do that. I'm not trying to negate that in any shape or form. Um, but I definitely think that with having a diverse background or an immigrant background, you're definitely able to adapt a lot more and to be able to have that empathy as well to to understand where other people are coming from to process and to um ensure that you have the full story before acting forward so i would i would definitely say that you know with everything that that i've done um my whole being my whole background i definitely has led me to this point the good bad and the in-between. The in-between. That is a funny place these days, the (laughs) in-between. I mean, listen, can we just say 2020 has been the in-between and beyond, you know? Uh, (laughs) You know, it's funny because I think sometimes we... We think 2020 has already reached that pinnacle. You're like, yo, like this cannot get any worse than this and then it's almost like a movie when you realize you just said that and the universe says okay bet so you think that's bad wait till i show you what's next before we know it we're gonna have a full black mirror uh, episode comes like december 30th to just rock our entire world and we're like i thought this was over i thought 2020 was gonna be done and uh, all right. Well, I'm going to go with the good vibes going into 2021 because I can't. I'm, we're going to stage all of 2020 away, and we're going to go into 2021 with renewed energy and optimism and just being thankful that we've made it. 
So that's exactly what I was just about to say, but maybe not as optimistic <laughs> as you are. Cause everybody's like, man, I can't wait for 2021. And I was like, why? So you could complain about that too. Because like, <laughs> I just don't know, know how in three months people are going to get their act together. I guess specifically like in America, I guess the UK has issues too, but all right, y'all. Listen, I, I don't, I'm, I'm, I, okay. America is my country of birth and I have never wanted to expectuate more than my entire life, which is sad because I mean, you know, you should always feel comfortable in your country of birth, but have we ever? No. And, And that's the sad thing about it. No, we really haven't. I mean, being black in America, just saying that, you already know where, where I'm going to go with that. And that's how ingrained it is in all of our minds, even outside of the U.S. to understand like being black in America is not a place where anyone would voluntarily want to be because you know the connotation. Yes. It's to the point where I saw someone trying to describe a situation in another country and they were like, that's if they only built prisons for Black Americans. Yeah. Yeah. It's exactly right. It's exactly right. It feels like that. Because, I mean, hell, like, you know, a whole entire generation of Black men have been robbed of their freedom and have been housed in correctional facilities throughout the country. To the whereas a point they have privatized those facilities and then have used them for labor in different capacities in either creating the clothes that we wear or taking care of the fires that we are suffering under, forcing them to be firefighters and risking their lives. I love the the documentary Ava DuVernay did to put all those pieces together. Mm-hmm. Yes, 13th, putting all those pieces together in plain sight because I had never seen anything like that before. It's I didn't true. have access to all of that information in one sitting. It's true. And I, I the same with me as well, too. I mean, being a lawyer, you, you do have some like semblance of what the criminal you know, system is. Um, or I, I mean, I'm refusing to call it the criminal justice system because I really feel that there really is no justice within the system itself. So the criminal litigation system, with all that, um, you you have some idea in terms of what happened, and you already know like some of the stats going in. But really, like her visual presentation just really hit it home for me, and it's just disheartening. It, it really is. It's just disheartening. Um, and I know we Black people, we have gone through the gambit. We have gone through all of it, which is why I feel like we are probably the most optimistic people in the world. I truly believe that because we still go into thinking, well, one day it'll get better. One day it will eventually get better. Uh, we don't know how. We don't know how to win. We don't know what that's going to look like, but we still say to ourselves and each other, fam, stay, stay strong. We're, it, one day it will get better. And there are those who are fighting uh, the front lines to make sure it does get better. 
in some shape or form. Um, so I really believe like we are the most optimistic, most resilient people on the face of this planet. I wanted to ask you about your experience in the legal system. So you do you do freelance attorney services. So you mm. consult with people basically about their business businesses regarding any legalities in their business. Yeah. So, so I do both actually. So I'm actually full on. I will draft up agreements, any kind of documentation that you need. Um, I don't really. I stay away from litigation because that's not really my forte, but any kind of paperwork you need, I'm all over it. At the same time, I also consult with businesses to kind of help them understand what could they possibly need or what could they possibly uh, seek to move forward towards and helping them put together a plan um, in a different legal aspect. And usually that kind of goes into a um, uh, intellectual property management plan about how to protect their trademarks, um, if they have any, their copyrightable information, or, you know, if they are within um, a particular industry that allows them to get a patent, how can they move forward to getting a patent granted? So you spend zero time in court then? You said litigation's not your thing. Oh, girl, no. I... (laughs) I knew very early on, listen, I'm going to be with you. So since seven years old, I knew that I wanted to be a lawyer. But as I got older, I realized how how much I would probably be yelling and screaming in people's faces in court. And I probably would be put in contempt of court quite a bit. So I said, I didn't really want that flavor for my life. So I'm going to stay behind and I can push paper and I can talk to people all day. That's totally fine. I can absolutely handle that. Litigation isn't really my forte. And so it is like, um, if there needs to be any legal action taken currently, or you also help with preventative legal preparation for exactly. businesses. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. So I will get you, I will, you know, I will open up the door to mediation. If you feel that there is some dispute going on, I will try to get you to arbitration as well, too, which is like, you know, it's, it's treated really differently than going inside the courtroom because it's a very much less structured manner, but you're still able to bring a matter to, um, to fruition and hopefully, you know, you guys are able to come up with a deal. So negotiation, arbitration, you know, absolutely. But anything actually entering into the courtroom um, is is not really where I function. Plus, also by doing that, by doing mediation and arbitration, I can function anywhere in the world. So I don't necessarily am tied to one particular state within the U.S. or even really one country for that matter. That's the like the really true beauty of doing mediation and arbitration. You even uh, worked for Bad Boy Entertainment at one time. I did. Yeah, I did. Are you, oh, boy. Are you allowed to speak about this? <laughs> <laughs> oh, sure. I can, I can, I can, I, I can definitely talk about it. Um, that was a very interesting time in my life. I had moved to New York City from, from Boston. I was there for, at that point, a um, couple of years. And I worked for Bad Boy. So in particular, I was working for Blue Flame, which is, um, 
Sean Puffycombs, I'm just going to call him by his full name, Sean Puffycombs um, uh, Marketing Agency, which is um, which handles pretty much everything that really comes across his table. So it could have been uh, Bad Bar Music, it could have been Sean John Clothing, it could have been for um, uh, for Ciroc, Liquor, and also De Leon Tequila as well, too. A bunch of other different projects as well. Um, it, it was a very interesting time. I learned a lot from it. Um, lessons that I still take with me to this day. And it's a really interesting thing when you're working with um, leadership that is about 80% diverse, you know, from the very first background, um, a Black-owned company, especially of that caliber, um, a very well-known one. Um, so, you know, I was able to meet a bunch of different people behind the scenes. I've met French Montana. I was able to get in touch with Cassie, you know. Um, I was able to, we had a really great party with Faith Hill and, you know, all that, you know, bad boy for life. So it was a very interesting time. <laughs> How would it compare to your time at Sony? Do you think that that was more team, your time at Sony? Oh. Um, you know, Sony, I will always be thankful for Sony because Sony really gave me my very first shot in going into entertainment law, which is something I had a extreme passion for because it was either going to be be a lawyer or be a singer. And I just chose, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go for it, but behind the scenes. So Sony was really my first really attempt um, into entertainment law. And I had a really great mentor there who, um, who really showed me like the ropes. And I mean, at that point, I'd already been an attorney for about a year and some change at that time. And so she was really just kind of really throwing me into the pool and letting me see how I would do um, and it was really cool because I was working for um, Sony Masterworks, which is a small um, subset. Actually, no, it was almost a subset. It, it, it was a, um, a label within Sony that handled what would be the non-pop, non-hip-hop music. So it really was really across the gamut. So we worked on different soundtracks. I worked on uh bond i worked on uh, pacific hill specific rim um, i'm trying to think of other ones too which ones that I, I worked on like really like really cool soundtracks come coming out from there i worked with uh salon remy with his uh opening up of his um label as well too because i was coming under masterwork so i was able to work with like of like Neo and Corinne Bailey Ray and just really interesting people across Akon as well too. Um so it it was an amazing, amazing job to really let my feet really hit the ground running um in New York City. What are maybe one or two important lessons that you did learn uh in your time that you spent in entertainment law? One thing I learned is that nothing is ever what you think it is. It's always usually something more or less. So because it's never as you immediately think what it is, do not become rigid and fight against it. 
again, it's about that adaptability. Um, with entertain with entertainment in and of itself, it's fast moving. It um, it you know it, it goes at lightning speed pace, so you really have to be able to to keep up. Um, and with that, I think now that I think about it, actually, um, by being fluid, you always have to be able to be creative on the go. Which I think also, and I think as you know, as I'm saying this, it really has led me to be able to lead my startup as it is because you really have to be creative as you're moving and you need to try to keep pace with everyone else so it can stop your forward progress if you're getting stunted. So just keep it moving. Even the smallest bit of creativity you can add to your work will actually help you move forward because that means you're doing a new iteration. You're doing a new way of doing that. And it may, it may not work completely, but at least you know now it doesn't work. So that way now you're not harping on it, which again, it goes to nothing is ever as what it seems. And to always look at it as, okay, what can I do to make this better? What can I do to optimize this situation. So will we be able to expect an album from you anytime next year? <laughs> the fans want to know. I oh just no, checked no, out no. the chat. And, uh, listen, listen, I mean, um, you know, I, I, I have been known to take picture of getting prepped for the album drop, though, you know, there's been some creativity lag. You know, I'm on that Rihanna kick right now. I'm just, you know, trying to work on my empire. So uh, I think what I might do is I might just leave that for my daughter at this point. You know, I will I will give her the family jewels to move in that direction if she if she sees that this is what she she would like to. So I've been training her ear. And listen, I'm all about training kids early. If you know there are certain skills that you can see in your kid um, that can be uh, uh, molded into a a particular way. I mean, she loves music, even for like a two-year-old. Like she is immediately in tune to music. So I'm just continually training her ear. So I will do harmonies, make sure she can hear the different harmonies. I will do, you know different sound effects. I wish you can see, hear the different octaves going up and down. Um, and, and I can already hear, I can already see her kind of pick up on it. Um, so, you know, I'm gonna I'm a leave that legacy for her. Hmm. All right. <laughs> I'm just wondering, like, I know you're a busy lady, but, you know. Listen, if you catch me at karaoke, I will sing you wherever you are. So let's pretend like this is virtual karaoke and why don't you oh, go ahead and stop. drop us a couple bars real quick. Listen, you catch it's 8 o'clock in the morning girl. I, I'm not warmed You've up. been talking for a good 30 minutes. You know, I think you are dialed into your diaphragm. <laughs> All I'm saying is that if you just take a nice inhale, I'm sure that you can exhale some gorgeous. Um, all right, let me see. What did I, what did I think you all right now? Um, 
I've been I've been doing a lot of Frozen lately, as you, uh, as you probably could probably mentioned. If you have a child here, you're like, yeah, girl, I know what you're talking about. Um, let's see. I know I messed up the words there, but you know, there, there, there you go. There's, there's a little, there's a little something right there. You have some nerve coming on my show, telling lies. <laughs> oh, it's eight thirty in the morning. I don't, I don't even know if I. You have some nerve. That was beautiful. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. I can do better later in the day. I promise you. <laughs> well, if this is this is the the not better, then I I will specially call you at my eight o'clock in the morning just to catch you. You know what? Go ahead. Wanda. After yoga or what have you? <laughs> what have you been doing today? And you said frozen like uh, there aren't regular adults without children. I mean, you know what though? <laughs> like honestly, but, but for real though, like I have watched Frozen and Frozen Two and all of the videos related to that more than I ever would have. Now, don't get me wrong; I love the music for it, but I'm tired of Frozen and Frozen Two. But I got to do what I got to do to keep the peace in my house. <laughs> 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 Well, according to that song, Frozen, I'm not tired of you, so there you have it. (laughs) Thank you. So you you even got a chance to study in Japan for a little bit while you were in school. I did. I did. Oh, my God. That's probably one of the best times of my life Um, because I... I'm a humongous fan of anime. I'm a complete utter nerd, um, proud blurred. And um, I grew up watching all kinds of different anime, Dragon Ball Z, uh, Ranma and Harav, you know, Sailor Moon, um, you know, Yu Yu Hakusho, like all those old school ones. And um, I, you know, my brother and I, my younger brother and I, we would just like, you know, try to pick up, pick it up. As a matter of fact, we become complete snobs. We don't like dubs. We're all about subs, and people can fight me on that, and I will go head to toe with you. Why dubs suck? Anyway, so um, when the opportunity came in law school to study abroad in Japan, I said, "Oh my God! Like I, I have to take this. I absolutely have to." So I don't know if there's going to be a, a chance for me to ever do this. So it was my first solo trip and it was one of the best experiences I ever had um I I was in the thick of of Tokyo and I was able to also use that as a means to jump to other countries as well too I was able to go to Thailand I was able to go to Singapore I was able to go to Hong Kong um and just live my best life um and I uh, I think it was I was 20, 24, 24, 25 years old. And I just, it, it's amazing what you think you're capable of. And then you go beyond that. 
Um, I didn't think I was able to do something like this. And um, it's amazing how people look at you weird, especially on a big day because, you know, you're, you're a black woman. You're like, wait, you're going to Tokyo? Why are you going to Tokyo? Uh, like, why wouldn't I go to Tokyo? Tokyo is dope. Why wouldn't you go to Tokyo? Um, and, you know, it's one of those things I think, you know, it was really dispelling, I think, a lot of stereotypes that Black people, particularly Black Americans, only go to the Caribbean. Um, and and, and that, that's, that's much larger conversation. I don't think I, you know, we'll, we'll go on forever about that, just how the travel industry tends to only cater or to assume that Black Americans, A, don't travel, and if they do travel, they only travel within a very short uh, radius from the U.S. But it really was an amazing trip to then be able to say to others, why haven't you gone beyond um, a certain radius from your house? Why haven't you been able to do that? You can have so much more. You can have so much more experiences, maybe possibly even more fulfilling experiences if you would just step out a little bit of your comfort zone. And um, I, you know, and the, one of the reasons why I did really do that is because I knew that I wanted to have the same story as my mother shared with me for my kids. And so I can't wait to install in my daughter told the story that I spent abroad as well too to kind of say like this is part of your legacy girl you know your grandmother did it I did it so you need to also step out of your comfort zone and explore the world speaking of legacy real quick like you just must be the immigrant parents wet dream they (laughs) love titles like doctors and lawyers and engineers like that they love that I mean, yeah, yeah. It, I mean, my, my people were very proud when I graduated from law school. Um, um, but it's interesting because, you know, I'm a very much on a non-traditional route, right, of, of, of being an attorney. Most attorneys are within a law firm and they spend some time there either going on a partner track or whatnot. And I already knew that wasn't going to be like that 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 was not really for me um i knew i wanted something a lot more fast paced a lot someplace where i could still flex my creativity um because i had just had way too many passions to simply just only be pushing paper for clients and i love my clients don't get me wrong but i i i love to write i love to be really ingrained in the creativity of building a business. I love the the means to incorporate travel into my life as well, too. And I knew that being a lawyer wasn't going to be it. So, you know, I mean, it's different. My my life um, is, is different than, I think, what everyone normally assumes what a lawyer is. Um, you know, I, I take pride in because that just means that, you know, molds are meant to be broken you know if I could still function as a lawyer anywhere in the world that's where I want to be or that's where I want to be so um my parents are proud don't get me wrong and they 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 definitely see me 
growing due to the capacity. And I just take pride in knowing that I'm still going to make them proud as I move forward with my AI company, as I move forward with the different visions that I have for my empire. Um, to the point where I know at one point they're like, what, you did that? Like the day I hear that, like I know I did exactly what I set out to do. Like what, are you kidding, really? Wow. To have an immigrant parent tell you wow, like that is some next level echelon. Next level echelon. Because the immigrant parents are always expecting you to always surpass them. Like that is the goal. You need to always surpass your parents. And so when I'm able to shock my parents, I know I went even beyond what they ever thought. Was there any hesitance from them as you were figuring things out? You oh, know, between <laughs> they're still in. That's why you keep saying they're proud of you. They're proud of me. Now they're proud of me, right, but right. a no, couple no, questions no. about what I'm doing. Right. <laughs> I mean, I got you, I got you written about it because um being your first Gen startup founder doesn't always it, it doesn't always make sense, right? It, it doesn't make sense because especially if you're talking about new technologies and how those new technologies are going to merge with already existing ideas. I mean, you're doing something brand new. You're doing something that hasn't been done before. Um, you know, one of the things that I kept hearing <laughs> as I was, you know, setting up Viager was that I was a travel agent. Um, and that's not the, that, that's not exactly correct, but that's how it was perceived. And so, you know, the assumption is that if you're doing something in a way that I see it, then you should do it in a timely manner and if you don't do it in a timely manner that means it's not working which means you, you should just stop um and it doesn't really go like that so you know it's 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 been a journey let's just say that you you have skills and you have values um so i am i'm working upwards because i think you know i mean even as i like talk about 2020 but like, oh god it was, it was it's been horrible um, 2020 actually has been a very interesting year for me professionally. Um, it's impacted me because I can't travel and I had a series of different speaking games I had, I was going to do, um, with wonderful uh, women in travel summit and also was going to be going to Europe as well too. Um, to speak about just again legal protection and and um, protecting your uh, your content, but it's enabled me to be technology has enabled me to be in different places all at once. Um, I've had more speaking engagements than I originally planned for this year because of COVID nineteen. I've had speaking engagements in Europe several times this year, doing it uh, 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 virtually. I've had different things to do on a regular basis here within the U.S. because of the Black Sword Collective that opened up a whole new, uh, a whole new area that 
when I already knew I had a passion for, 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 for racial justice, but now it's actually opened up a whole other door where I'm now doing diversity and um, diversity and inclusion talks for private companies to ensure that their marketing is going to be reflective of their new values. Um, so I am busier than I ever thought possible. Um, I am tired, girl, I'm not going to lie. And I'm going to take a couple of days off too for some self-care. Um, but it's, um, I am up that hill. I'm, I'm definitely going up that hill. And, you know, it's, it's, it's an to, to see that there is a method to the madness. Um, I'm not simply just doing things in the vacuum. It, it's all for the purpose of growing up to the, uh, the, the empire. So. <laughs> I hope it sounds like that too. When you reach that point, ah. I mean, it will, it will, be, ah, and the skies will open up and the sun will shine <laughs> and then the angels will descend and they shall play their harps and, and I will hear God tell me, well done, my daughter. And like, yeah, okay. All right. <laughs> the, the writer is jumping out now. I did. I, I jumped out there. Sorry. Now we can see those writing skills as you're painting this verbal picture. <laughs> come into play um have you been back to Haiti like do you have family back there still I do I have family back there but you know what I'm gonna be honest I've actually never been I have never been to Haiti which is sad to actually like say out loud but I've never actually had the opportunity to do so um and and it really has more so to do I think with uh just where, where where Haiti has been in the last several years um it's just been kind of difficult um and I you know my parents didn't really feel comfortable really to to go back there though we've been talking about it um for for a couple of years now but like you know what we, we have to go back we you know we, we, we want to go we want to see um my husband, who who is not Haitian, he's like, I want to go. Like, let's just go. Let's just go. Um, so it it is it is a WIP. It, it's a working progress. So November second, twenty thirteen, mm-hmm. on your timeline on Instagram, there's a uh, looks like it's from Halloween. You know, you're a sexy pirate, and he's uh, yes. a porn yes. star. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> With that. With that, was his, uh, that was his that uh, was his wrestler wrestler costume. Coco Beware. I still don't know. I've never known wrestler to wear this. No, no. Anyway, um, How, what's yeah. what wrestler wears a sweatband? Never. Yeah, girl. I'll he found that in. He could have been yeah. uh, dancing to the oldies, Richard, but like not okay. a wrestler. Okay. I didn't know who that was at the time. Right. I still don't know who it is. But I mean, you do, because, yeah, I don't know better the whole time. <laughs> yes, so, we have. We so, have. So talk about that. What happened with him? Um, Aaron, I met Aaron in uh, Labor Day 2013. So actually, that picture you're talking about, we had just been dating for about Two months. I well, actually, no, less than that, actually, because that was in, for Halloween. So, yeah, yeah, that was about two months. 
Um, and we haven't parted since since then, actually. So we we got married in 2016. It was a fantastic destination wedding. People still talk about it to this day because that's how I do parquet. That's that's Cancun. Yes, yeah, it is a Cancun. Okay. Um, and he is he's my rock because he knows. He knows his wife is crazy. Let's just say that. He knows his wife is crazy. Um, he knows that she is, uh, she can be a little impulsive at times, but she also is logical to a fault. And so if things aren't working logically, but she's going to be like, this doesn't make sense. And the lawyer comes out of her and uh, he's like, okay, baby, like, whatever. It's, it's not bad for her. Um, he's patient. And he, he, he lets me rock. He, he just lets me roll with it. He is a fantastic father to our daughter. And um, he, he, at one point, you know, uh, when we were first living at Viager, I mean, I wish I'd include him in all of my empire plans, you know? I'm like, this is our legacy. This is our legacy. Um, and... At one point, you know, we had to have a conversation. He's like, like, listen, Chris, like, this is your legacy, okay? If this is this is this is your thought, baby. You know, you you really need to rock with this. I will support you. I will be your cheerleader. I will uh, be your enabler, so to say. But you you go do you. You will be great. Um, as he calls me, he calls me the plug. You know, you the plug. You your you're that juice for everyone else that, you know, you're trying to, to, to connect them to. So, um, Aaron is, Aaron is one of my closest friends because I tell him everything. Um, he is Mark. That's all I really can say without getting too teary eyed about it. So, plus he ain't here. So that's why I could talk about it so freely because if he was here, he'd be like, <laughs> You know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all in the conversation. Yeah, he really <laughs> trying to be on so. three way. <laughs> mm-hmm. So y'all got a dog, and then you encountered some hardship in your life. Oh, girl. Well, I'm I'm sure you've encountered a lot of hardship in your life. No, but there's one in particular that I know um, that actually led to my idea for, for Viager. So back to the wedding. Um, so we had a fantastic honeymoon plan, right? So we were going to spend three weeks just jumping from country to country to country. We had from, from Cancun, we, were, we went to Brazil. From Brazil, we went, we had a plan stay in Morocco and we would spend two days, a couple of days in France. Then from France, we were going to spend about five days in South Africa, then with a quick stint in Dubai, and then back to New York. So it was like an epic trip. I spent like weeks, months prepping for this, you know, pulling my hair out, trying to figure out what's the best time to go to this, what's the best time to go to that. Uh, should we have pl- planned spontaneity or plasto, as I called it. I'm like, we're going to have plasto, okay? We're going to know where we're going to be. We're not going to know what we're going to do. So we're going to do this. He's like, Oh, okay. Um, so we uh, we had, you know, this is a really great trip. And so it started off really well. Uh, we had a really great couple of days. 
in in Rio. Um, but on our way out to the airport, we got robbed at gunpoint out of our Uber, and the these two guys on a moped with a semi-automatic uh, rifle pulled the car over, told us and the driver to get out, pointing the gun directly at our chest. I really thought I was about to be a widow or I was about to be a widower. And they drove off with all of our stuff, leaving me, Aaron, and the driver on the side of the road in the middle of a favela at 6.30 in the morning around the time where the Olympics was about to start. So there was already high-end violence happening in the favelas because the police were coming in and trying to clear people out. When I tell you leaving Finally, figuring out a way to get out of the favela and heading to the airport. The driver, for some reason, just up and walked away. We're like, yo, where are you going? And I guess he said, policia. I'm like, where are you going to find the police if you just walked away? Um, finally, get to the airport. We had an absolute, like, breakdown. <laughs> we had an absolute breakdown. Finally, get into the airport. Once the adrenaline kind of washed off and we knew that we were safe and we were sitting in the police station inside of the airport trying to tell our story and somehow the police are blaming us for not going to the police station in in the favela area like what okay um after after experiencing all that um i broke down crying i think i started crying on the way to the to the airport and i remember sending out a message to friends of ours in the Madness Travel Tribe saying, yo, like, we got robbed, guys, on our honeymoon, like, we don't know what to do. Um, and so at that point, you know, it, it, it really was like taking turns, honestly. So I had to break down a little bit. I'd be crying. Uh, Aaron would then take his turn and break down and cry. So we were, like, balancing each other. Um, and we decided to continue on that trip because we didn't want to lose out on the rest of it. And I think that actually was like a really great foundation for our, our marriage. I mean, it was a really rocky one to, to start off with, but it allowed us to um, to know that when like ish got real, like we could, we could absolutely support each other. Um, so we had, you know, the rest of our trip, we missed, we missed our stay in Morocco because we missed our flight. Um, but we were able to really spend uh, a really great couple of days in France, in Paris, I should go to say, um, and then uh, for the rest of the trip. But it, it was great. <laughs> it was great, and I know it sounds weird for me to say that. It was great because from that, I was able to find an idea that I really wanted to move forward. Because in the end, after all of my planning, after all of the, you know, Plan 980, I had, you know, I had done somehow. I missed information. I missed like crucial information. Um, and I think we all kind of go through that of uh, some sort of uh, FOMO, 
know that oh my god did I miss something was there something that I would miss out on or you like you go through your trip you think you have a great trip but then you realize that you could have done something while you were at your destination and so in my head I said I cannot mentally do it as a human like human error is going to happen so is there a way for robotics to like, do this for me like how can I how, how can I find that kind of solution where a robot will just do all the work for me and I can just look at it approve it and then move forward with it um and that's how that's how really Viager was born because there wasn't anything like that there wasn't anything that really met what I had envisioned so um you know with with every hardship you have is it's a way for you to do a rebirth almost right like a phoenix the phoenix will burn itself out and all that is left is just ash but from the ash there's this unknown element this unknown little bit of magic that can happen and a new seedling a new uh, birth can can come from it. So it's it's amazing what you can do when you allow yourself again to process. I'm not saying not to process any kind of loss or hardship that you have, but what can you do from the new lessons that you've learned to make sure that a new approach, a new birth, new life can go into what you're going to do next. Do you think that that attitude has served you as you dealt with familial loss? Yes. I mean, I've, I mean, in, in the past couple of years, I've lost my grandmother to, to cancer. Um, I've lost family members to, to suicide. And then just, you know, recently, like extended family has succumbed to COVID. And, and, and whatnot. Um, even my own mother, actually, when I was pregnant, was diagnosed with stomach uh, cancer. So um, it can be very difficult. And sometimes those, those kind of news can be very crippling to you. Um, but it really is about, I think, first allowing yourself to, to grieve, allowing yourself to process those feelings because, you know, saying that it doesn't matter or these feelings that don't exist just um it 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 really does you no good and so allowing you you know that space to to mourn to process the not not staying there um because again grief without closure is just a reoccurring nightmare happening to you over and over again. And it can permeate through every aspect of your life. So you really have to grieve and then let go. Um, but with that, you know, it, it, it definitely enables you to kind of take that attitude into everything that you do because you're going to have a setback. You're going to have setbacks. So it's just not, it's not possible for you to bat a thousand. So taking a step back, you know, stew on it a little bit, but then figure out what what can you do with 
with what you have now to move forward. Um, I definitely think that that has been like my whole entire journey um, for me figuring out how I'm going to be this international fantastic lawyer with an empire to boot um, because none of it has really happened the way I originally planned because um, I've had setbacks, but I'm, I'm still moving forward. I'm still trucking through it um, and there's like grace really associated with that. Yeah, that's that's a question that I ask every guest uh, is how have you faced the challenges along the way? So I like I like what you've said. I like your approach. It's not going to be 100 percent. And yeah, it is about just trying to move forward. I also like what you said about grief and having the a lot of times you have to provide closure for ourselves. Right. Like that's really right. that's important. It's what human. otherwise like the brain just keeps turning it over and over and over again. Right. Bouncing around. Exactly. It, it really becomes a recurring, it becomes a, a recurring nightmare, you know, because your, your brain will keep processing the hurt over and over and over again. You'll go back to the very beginning and then you'll go through it. And then you have to stop the cycle because if you don't stop the cycle, um, you're, you're just stuck. And no one wants to be stuck in a nightmare. Would you mind, please, sharing some of your self-care practices? Oh, girl, I'm... See, I'm going to be real honest with you. I'm not the best at self-care. <laughs> um, I will... I mean, even if I'm speaking to you, I'm running on, like, probably maybe just about five hours of sleep because I was working late um, and having a toddler makes it really difficult throughout the day to work. So... I I do what I can in, in those hours. So I'm not always the best person to look to for best care. That's self care tips. However, there are certain things that um, I do to unwind. And <laughs> I, uh, is not bad. You know, a glass of mind then is not a bad thing. Um, I also am a gamer. I like video games. As I said, I am a proud nerd, so um, I do either, either I will actually play video games when I have, like, I'm a Nintendo fan for life, although this new PS5 might get, you know, me to, to add a new system, um, but either I'll play or I'll have gameplay from YouTube playing in the background while I'm working, and somehow that relaxes me. It's the weirdest thing ever. Aaron will come to me and he's like, what are you doing? I'm like, what do you mean I'm doing? I'm working. He was like, but the TV's on with Mario playing? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm somebody else playing. You know, it's, it's fine. Don't, don't, don't worry about it. It's fine. Um, so it's either one of those. Or I will just curl up with the book and I'll just read. I'll just read. I can read for hours. Um, and that normally like really calm me down so it's usually or in like music too obviously because music is playing throughout the day all day uh, in some shape or form I, I have very various tastes in music it's very eclectic so uh it could be classical music at one point it could be uh adult contemporary at another it could be hip-hop for another r&b pop 
maybe the occasional country song in there, but that's not really my forte. I'm not pretending like I'm everything about country, but you know, maybe like sometimes I kind of merge between like pop and country, maybe those. Um, and yeah, it's just oh, and of course, I love international music, so K-pop. You know, uh, J-pop as well too, because I do like singing in Japanese sometimes. Sometimes, sometimes done. Um, yeah, so it's 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 a different mix of things. But I, I myself, anyone who has really great tips about taking care of your body post post child, and I know I've taught me to say post birth or post child since my daughter's almost two now, but I still feel like I'm still running through you know, the system of trying to get my body the way it was before birth. So if anyone knows any best ways to do that or somehow incorporate more fitness into my life, I would appreciate that. You can hit me up on my IG or my Twitter, same handle, and just be like, hey, sis, I heard you on the podcast. So let me see how I can help you. I'd appreciate that kind of message. I'm going to lovingly question the idea that your body should be as it was before the baby. You know what, though? And the reason why I, I say that is because I like to have another one soon um, before, you know, and I say this jokingly, that before my, my eggs start to shrivel and stuff like that. But um, listen, I know women can. Women are amazing. The fact that we can absolutely have birth much later in life than anyone anticipated is absolutely true. So I, I say that really honestly with a joke, but I really, I really would like to have an, another child too. So I would like to get my body ready for having another child. That's what, that's, that's really where I'm like thinking about here. Um, so but is it always close to, close to where my body was before that's because I want to shed some pounds before I have to put pounds back on again. But, okay, so let's question the logic of that. I want to lose weight so that I could gain baby weight that I'll have to lose again. I think you're ready already. That's my point. <laughs> it's just like maybe you put on that much more because it's already homey. It's, it's already been occupied. Looking for a new tenant. <laughs> listen, listen, I can tell you I gained a solid I mean, I lost a lot of weight after giving birth. Don't get me wrong, like I I went from like forty pounds and I lost like, you know, eighty percent of that just from breastfeeding. But COVID got me on this kick of just not being moving or because I right. can't really go anywhere. So I'm, I'm, in, I'm at home, right? And so, and plus, you know, whatever, you know, little, you know, chasing around my daughter that I'm doing is not enough to combat the, uh, the non-movement and the food I am uh, keeping underneath my cheeks as the chipmunks do. So um, I need... I need some inventive ways to add to add in a, a new routine. And that just might mean maybe me doing less sleep so I can get up in the morning and be a little more active before she wakes up, which is amazing right now because she is still sleeping and she doesn't normally sleep this long. So I'm actually quite excited about that. But um, so yeah, you so can't I'm, I'm trying to find new ways. 
You can't take her on a walk. I mean, like I can. a walk is not enough activity for you. Yeah, you know, I definitely can't. I could take her on a walk, but because she because she requires so much attention throughout throughout the day, like my daughter is a road runner. Okay, she runs around the house and she will grab and pull on everything around her, jumping on couches, on chairs. Uh, rattling the TV if she can, grabbing phones and running away with it. I could share, you know, I actually might share this video on IG of what she did one time. Um, her taking my phone and just cackling <laughs> as the video is going um, because that's who she is. And so I have to like sit in the times when she's down or she's sleeping so that way I can work. So that's why, like, I'm, I'm having, like, this existential, like, period of, like, how do I do both at the same time? Because Aaron is out of the house, and he, he works off, off, he actually works on site at his job, and he won't come home with the baby. So, like, as I said, women, we are resilient, we are amazing, because we have so many different hats at the exact same time. Wife, mother, entrepreneur, cook. You know, da, da 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 and still having to do the self care portion of it. So the self care portion for me is a little weak. I'm trying to pick up my game up. <laughs> I don't think I meant like let her walk. I meant like strap her down, <laughs> strap her down in the, in the what do they call the buggy? Yeah, strap her down and then. You know, you put your little podcast in and put your playlist on. That's true. I mean, I've definitely done that. I've definitely and walked around. Start burning. I've definitely yeah. walked around. And I, I'm hoping that now, you know, like September was a really crazy, crazy time for me. So now with October, I'm hoping that I actually can have more time to like focus on me because the demands of the schedule were absolutely crazy. Too, it's like I with because the added layer of the pandemic and like wanting to be outside or not knowing, like, I don't know what your thing is. Like if gyms are your thing, that was out. <laughs> I don't know if they're back open or if you're comfortable going to that. But it's like trying to, because your home becomes this place and you associate it with work a lot of times. I don't know if you were working from home before, but like, I find it very difficult to separate myself from work yeah. whenever like you're supposed to exercise at home yeah. and you cook at home yeah. and work at home and you're supposed to rest at home yeah. as well even having different rooms it doesn't seem to help um it's true. like I'll literally leave my phone in the other room sometimes Girl. just to because I'll I'll just work like I'll mm -hmm. be you know trying to do whatever so yeah. And then add a baby on top of that. Yeah. <laughs> like I couldn't even imagine trying to fit in fitness. It, yeah. And I mean, that. that's, that's exactly where I am because I, I mean, I was already working from home before, but I was at least, you know, able to get her out or like do activities with her. I mean, before too, it was a little bit different because she wasn't as mobile as she is now. So she could be like sitting there for a little while or taking like really long naps. And then I could be like, okay, you know, I could, I could fit in, you know, a couple of different things in there along with like a workout. But because now she is 
much more mobile and she's bored. Like a two-year-old bored is never where you want to be. So, you know, finding ways to entertain her. Meanwhile, my phone's ringing off the hook. I'm getting emails being to me. So I'm trying to do two things at once. And, um, you know, it, 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 is, it is difficult. And again, like all of it is just a balancing act because um, being the playmate being the teacher, being, <laughs> no, like, I'm really, not one of your play- little friends. <laughs> <laughs> being playmate, being teacher, um, and then dealing with all all the others, as you mentioned, um, it just adds a whole another layer into it. But listen, I'm gonna figure it out. It's like it's like a math equation, you know, or like a legal argument to be made. I just gotta find the right words to put together into a succinct sentence to then now say, okay, the puzzle has been solved and here's how we're going to do this. So I will I will find an answer soon. But if anyone has any 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 tips or tools of the trade, feel free to drop me a line. What do you think helps to keep you grounded, Christina? Oh boy, what keeps me grounded? Um my family, my family definitely keeps me grounded um, because <laughs> it, is, it is probably to my to my workaholic nature. If I didn't have them, I probably would be working all the time. Um, if I was still single during this pandemic, oh my god, uh, uh, I don't, I don't know. Um, it, 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 it'd be, I mean, I'd be, I'm having a crazy output of, of things and content. I'll tell you that my creativity would have been maybe off the chart, but uh, I probably would have lost myself in in a way that you know my family keeps me from from going there. So I would definitely say my husband, my parents, my daughter has definitely um, kept me sane during during this time because you know as much as I I'm like complaining about my daughter like I love her to death she is the funniest thing to me in the world the cutest thing um she's very she can be very sweet when she's not channeling uh the Tasmanian devil but you know she she's absolutely like the most one of the most precious things that I've ever been given in my life and so having her with me during this time um, it just makes me hug her even tighter. Particularly since you went through what you went through to have her. Yes. So I mean, it. Um, we we had some difficulties, like like conceiving, and I think you know, there's a lot of parents also who who have talked about. Um, and I, I don't know whether it's maybe my my circle of friends, but I think somehow somebody we've all kind of gone through some sort of loss or, you know, some sort of miscarriage. Um, and it's difficult. And I think, you know, again, it, it, it's about that element of grace, right? So women, I think we, we, we give ourselves a lot more to deal with, or, uh, well, a lot more pressure, right? And when when you want it so badly, you don't think that anything should get in your way of, of, of achieving it. Um, and it just doesn't work like that. So, you know, 
we miscarried um, early on. And I mean, it, at the time also too, I was dealing with my, grand, my grandmother's death. So that actually really didn't help the situation as well too. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm definitely of, of the faith that, you know, things will happen when they're meant to happen. Um, and she came when she was supposed to. Charlotte Ariana came when she was supposed to come. And um, I'm just thankful that she, I'm her mommy. How do you like to celebrate? Oh, I'm a dance party kind of girl. Um, I will break out in spontaneous dance from time to time. Sometimes people can see it as tribal, like a tribal dance. Because I'm gyrating or whatever. Uh, it depends, you know you know, where, where you're coming from with that. But I'm very much of a, of a spontaneous dancer. I might do a couple of runs and excitement or something like that. Um, I might, (laughs) that's what I do. Uh, I will run. I will run around the room because I'm just that excited. I will, uh, if I'm, if I close like a really great deal, I will run around the room and I will give honor and praise to God and baby Jesus for giving me that that particular gift. Um, so uh, it, it could be like a mix of all those at all at the exact same time. <laughs> I love the run around the room. Yeah. <laughs> Has traveling as a black woman impacted your travel experiences? Oh. I mean, listen, being a black woman in general is infected by experiences. Um, particularly with travel. And I mean, it's interesting because as 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 we, you know, we talk about, you know, being in Tokyo, um, it's amazing how much American culture has just like run the gambit on what people from other countries think black people are like. Um, so when I was in when I was in Tokyo, I swear to you, somebody thought that I was Jennifer Hudson. And they, you know, it 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 was funny at the time, but you know, retrospectively now I'm like, you know, we we really have to sometimes come back to some of these images that we have. And I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting because in Tokyo, there, there are, there are those, um, there are those who are native Japanese who we have a like distinct love for black culture. Um, and sometimes that can come in the form of, you know, trying to get their hair kinky or, um, looks really curly, but you know, they're, they try. Um, or, you know, dressing a particular way, you know, that they perceive to be uh, awkward, or um, really, I mean, there's like a humongous group of people who are just really into reggae and dance hall. And, you know, I've I've come to appreciate it, you know, um, because they could have gone the other way. And be kind of just only seeing the negative, all of it, like the truly like negative images, um, black people 
have, you know, have been um, subjected to. So it's, um, I, I always see it as a means to, to educate and to give people like a different flavor, which is why like, I love, I love when I'm with other Asian people and oh, we could be doing karaoke and I will purposely pick a Japanese song to sing. And they are so floored by it. And obviously for a number of reasons, mostly that a black woman could be speaking Japanese or could be singing Japanese. Um, and I think that's one thing I really take pride in is just breaking down stereotypes and allowing people to see something else than what they perceived. Um, because, you know, I honestly, a lot of, I think the problems in this world really comes down to the communication. And as a black woman, I mean, again, not all, not all people are equipped to kind of have that kind of conversation. And sometimes I think like, you know, uh, people will go to any kind of black person be like, tell me why things are racist. Why do you feel as if, and you know, not everyone's equipped with those kind of skills. Um, and I'm not saying that, you know, I always <laughs> come out of those conversations and um, in the best moods, but you know, it, it is one of those things where as I'm traveling, I want to be, I'm very mindful of the images that I give to others. So I will always greet you in your native tongue. Even though I may not do it correctly, I'm, I want you to say that I'm trying and I'm, that I'm being respectful of you. Um, I'm always very adamant about understanding your culture so that way I don't offend you. Because I, because again, I mean, not only am I trying to dispel the idea of what you have of black women or black people but also I think Americans as well too um I mean you know it's 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 interesting I think cross Buckman thank you there in realizing that you know we have to almost dispel notions about ourselves um because whatever we do speaks to our whole entire culture as a whole um but you know if you if you are equipped to do it, um, just do the best that you can. When you do travel, Christina, how do you like to explore? I'm a mix of a type A and type B. <laughs> so, like I said, I have a very much of a planned spontaneity. Like I know what area I want to be, but I want to give myself the ability to be like, okay, I might veer off a little bit here and there um like I always like to have like some some sort of general idea of where I'm going to go and then just allow my feet to to take me there do you have any song lyrics or a poem that speaks to you these days uh I came into 2020 with a Sierra song in mind which was level up and I feel that has definitely taken me, taken me through this year, uh, because you know we have to level up. We have to level up in many different capacities. Uh, level up in my career. Level up as a mom. Level up as a wife. Level up as daughter, etc. Um, and just always strive to strive to do better. Um, so 
it is that song in its entirety that I, I play from time to time to remind myself, all right, you know what, you might be tired, you might be, you know, running on fumes, take a minute, take, take a second, take a moment, but then keep loving up. Let's go. And I always like to invite my guests to share how they would like for listeners to support your work. Yes. So if you are interested in becoming a beta user, we're actually taking on beta users right now for Viager. So uh, if AI travel planning uh, tickles your fancy, you can go to viager.viagerur.io and sign up as a beta user there. Um, also, too, if you have any content creation or any kind of plans for a business that you're really interested in or you would like someone to kind of help you plan out your, uh, you know, your empire plan, for lack of a, of a better phrase, but of course, you know, you're, you're building an empire, please feel free to reach out to me. All my information, contact information is at christinalibrary.com, along with any information about the Black Startup Collective. So if you are building a business or you do have a tech-focused startup that you would like to be part of the community, we have partners, investors, resources made available to you. Feel free also to go to kinolever.com and uh, sign up there. Links for the Black Startup Collective are under entrepreneurship. Well, I want to thank you so much. I really appreciate you coming on and sharing your story and for being so open with us, Christina. Thank you, Wanda, for having me. It was an absolute pleasure. Honestly, I could probably keep talking, but I just heard the little one wake up. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't even get to the books. We didn't get to the I books. Know, but, you know. I know, I know. But that's okay for another conversation. Right. How can we contain you within one hour? We cannot. Listen, we do what we can do. <laughs> Okay. Next time. Well, I will link all of those places in the show notes so that listeners can connect with you. And I, um, again, just thank you so much for being on. Thank you, Wanda. All right, we'll see you in these internet streets. (laughs) I'm going to be where I'm at. Let's go. All right, bye. Bye. Ah, um, ba-dum.